Hi, I'm Sheila. And I'm Hope. And we're two teachers. Coming to talk to you about the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of teaching. Welcome to another episode of the Two Teachers Podcast. And today I wanted to talk about some of the trends we're seeing in education. To do this, I'm going to be looking up all the bills that are in my state legislature right now. And while you might say, well, those are only in Missouri, we're seeing the same bills pop up over and over in different states. So I do feel like this is relevant to all teachers in America. Looking at our first bill, the Senate Bill 681, it is sponsored by Cindy Olaf and she's a Republican. She owns a trucking company. She's a member of the NRA. She graduated from Mizzou. She's been a bus driver. She was administrator at a Christian school. She's been on the local school board and she's pro-farm and chair of the education committee. This one is about literacy and reading instruction. So what this one focuses on is the teacher prep board. They're suggesting that they have at least three elementary or secondary active teachers, which I think that's always a good idea to have teachers who are in the trenches giving input to what's decided, especially for teacher prep. They're going to align reading instruction in the college classes, reading intervention plans, which is what we do for tutoring in the public schools. They're going to call those reading success plans. So before it was called the reading intervention plans, I'm laughing a little bit because teaching does acronyms all the time. So we called them RIPs, R-I-P, which sounds a little bit like rest in peace. So to be honest, I'm glad they're changing the name. We're going to assess at the beginning and the end of the school year. We're going to plan for deficiencies in reading or the risk of dyslexia. And third grade teachers will have a conversation about promotion or retention with parents. PD will be required for reading and the district can request a waiver, but I do feel like this is a step in the correct direction because we are seeing literacy and reading scores drop. And I think it's because every district is kind of doing their own thing. And I do believe process writing and readers workshop have been a little too loosey-goosey. We're not seeing step-by-step foundational work for our readers. So I think we need something a little bit more specific that helps teachers know what they're doing. And we definitely need some phonics instruction in there as well. I really agree with this bill. I think it's long overdue. And I think districts need to jump on it and push even further. With House Bill 1981, one. That's supported by Kelly Ann. She's 13 years in the middle school language arts department. She ran a licensed daycare. She is an NRA member, MSTA member, and she has a degree in science and English. It's co-sponsored by Chris Sander. He owns Power Monkey Fireworks. He has a bachelor's in business from Mizzou, and he also has a dog, which is a great day. I thought that was an interesting piece of his biography. Now you might wonder, well, why are you reading about the sponsors of the bill? But I think it tells you where is their experience as far as education is concerned. You know, just because you're a parent, that doesn't mean you know what's going on in the schools or you know how to teach. Teaching is a real art, and I think it deserves some recognition and some respect. And I'm not sure some of these people who are trying to make the rules for education are really qualified to do that. Now, I do love House Bill 1981 because it establishes a tax deduction for educators' expenses, and we all know that teachers spend so much money out of pocket, which should not be happening either. School districts should have the money to pay for the supplies that teachers need. How many of us have gone out and bought glue or 
pencils or scissors because our babies come to us without these supplies. And really, it should be the district paying for them, not the teacher's salary. So it raises the usual deduction from $200 to $500. And I am in support of this as well because, let's face it, there are teachers out there spending even more than $500 easily. If you buy any type of tech to use in your classroom, that's going to eat up that money so quickly. So I also support House Bill 1981 because I really feel like teachers are spending a lot out of pocket. Missouri House Bill 2011 It's supported by Travis Smith. He was a high school coach. He's a private developer. He has a bachelor's in English from Mizzou and a master's from William Woods. It's also co-sponsored by Ron Hicks. He is in his fourth term. He believes in gun rights and he's on the board of Boxer Paw Rescue and he has a renovation and design company. This one establishes parental consent requirements for IEPs and that's for our SPED kids. And I really found this one interesting and I actually had to go up and talk to a process coordinator in our building so I would get a better understanding of why do we even need this bill. It says that the school will only implement areas that parents agree on and use the last IEP until the disagreement is resolved. So right now the IEP is an all or nothing document and so parents can either either say yes to the whole thing or say no to the whole thing. And I really like the idea of kind of a line item veto that parents can use because that puts those new goals into effect immediately that the parents like and lets us continue to work as a team on those parts that we disagree on. The part I do not like about this bill is a parent can observe any program proposed for the child and that's a huge concern for privacy of other students learning in that program. If Johnny can't write or has trouble coloring or has some type of tick where he, you know, says the same word over and over. Those parents are going to see that and know that about Johnny. And to be honest, that's none of their business. As a parent myself, I don't feel like I want parents I don't know coming in to observe my child. And that's what's going to happen if they're observing a program. So I totally agree with the line item veto for IEPs, but it's not okay for parents to come observe the program and be able to see how other children learn. That's a huge privacy issue. House Bill number 2493 is by Rusty Black. He is a Republican. And I tell you what, he is not from my area, but I think this guy is pretty amazing. He was an agricultural teacher for 32 years. He has a bachelor's and a master's from Mizzou. And he is suggesting we put career ladder plans back into our schools. And I love it. I am currently on a career ladder plan. Our district chose to keep it for the people who are on it. I get paid about half what I used to get paid. Couldn't start until you're in your fifth year. For this bill, it's suggesting to allow teachers to start at two years. The state will pay 60% with the district covering the other 40%. And there's no opposition to this bill on record because we have to do more for teachers. Teachers are doing so much off contract time. So this would cover the extra money, things that you could claim hours for. Usually Curlatter works the way it was for when I was 
was on it when it was fully funded was I had to have 60 hours. No, 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 no. 120 hours outside the classroom. Easy. It was so easy. Now I have to have 60. Guess what? Mine's already done. It was done before school started because I went to so much PD and I did testing for our district, testing paperwork that I was already done when school started. And that was 60 hours. Easy. I actually had over 60. So what Career Ladder does is it allows you to accumulate hours for working with students, fostering community engagement, professional development, increasing interaction time between parents and teachers that helps fill that gap of learning loss that we are seeing big time in education. And they're hoping that this helps with teacher recruitment and retention. So is it the answer to that? Absolutely not. Paying teachers an extra three to $5,000 for doing what they're already doing, that's a nice start, but it's not going to be the answer for recruitment and retention. College credit, and this is going to be in the high schools. It's sponsored by Chris Brown. He is an A he taught AP government, politics and US history for 32 years in the North Kansas City School District. He coached football and wrestling. He has a bachelor's in science and a master's in administration, and he co-owns his family's real estate business. Herman Morse, 27 years in the Dexter Public Schools. He was an adjunct professor for Three Rivers College for 16 years, and he has a bachelor's in education, master's in counseling, and a specialist in education. This is House Bill 1683. So this requires in-state public colleges to grant undergraduate credit for a score of three or higher on advanced placement exams. So if your child scores a three or higher, they get some college credit from that. And right now, I had to email a friend who is a principal in high school and say, hey, explain to me how this is different than we're already doing. And Miss Rhonda Scott, who I adore, said right now colleges can do different things. So it's not all the same for the AP tests, and it really should be. This should be a line for all colleges in Missouri, that if I my child scores a three, this is how much credit they get. If they score a five, this is how much credit they get. So I like that they're aligning this and making it the same for all colleges. I think that's fair. So Senate Bill 1142 is a suicide prevention bill. It is sponsored by Lincoln Huff. He has a bachelor's in political science. He has a family cattle ranch. He's had that for 20 years. He's on the State Board of Missouri Cattlemen's Association. I think we can all agree that we are concerned about our kids and the rise in suicide. And we're wondering what can we do to prevent it. So this particular bill requires certain public schools, charter schools, and public institutions of higher education, so that's colleges, to post the suicide prevention phone and text numbers on student ID cards in grades 7 through 12. It's also similar to House Bill 2136 and House Bill 2238. So I'm just not sure that putting the suicide prevention phone number and text numbers on a student ID is really a big step. I I think we've got to do more. And I think where we have to look is the trauma that kids are coming into school with. Do they have enough food? Do they have enough clothes? How many people are living in their home? Are they homeless? These are the things we need to look at because those are the things kids come to school with and those are the things that make kids want to give up. So I think we really need to look at those root causes that puts a child on that path 
path of wondering, do they want to stay here? Or more so than just putting a phone or text number on an ID badge. We've got to do better and we've got to do more than just that. House Bill 1832, it's sponsored by Chuck Basie. He was in the U.S. Marine Corps for four years. He's retired from the FFA. He was an air traffic controller for 30 years and he has a bachelor's in agriculture from Mizzou. This bill deals with Holocaust. It requires the Holocaust Education and Awareness Commission. I bet you didn't know there was a commission for that, did you? you to develop instructional materials and submit those to DESE by January 1st, 2023. Then DESE will send school districts the curriculum for them to adopt that following year. And of course, the board would have to vote on it in each school district and all that kind of thing. I'm not sure how I feel about this because I think part of it is we're trying to control the narrative around the Holocaust. But then again, if it's something that this commission has put together, hopefully these people feel passionate about what happened during the Holocaust. If this commission puts it together and it's something that Dusty approves and it is driven by the state, then I don't know that we'll have parents coming forward and saying, oh no, I don't want you to teach that to my kid. Well, the state has put this curriculum together. It's not the school. Maybe it's a good thing, to be honest. I would have to see the instructional materials to decide if I thought they were valuable or not. And that's part of the problem with a lot of these bills is they they throw it on Desi to create instructional materials or units or take the wheel on some of these bills and implement it. And I'm not sure that I would love what Desi came up with. I'd have to look at it first. Missouri House Bill 2114, again by Rusty Black. He's the ag- agricultural teacher with 32 years. Reteach retirement. Now, at first, I don't like it when they ever talk about touching teacher retirement. I don't like it when they even think about it. Missouri has one of the best retirement systems for teachers in the nation. I've, I've even heard people say it is the best in the nation. So I don't want politicians touching my retirement. But this particular bill, right now, a retired teacher is allowed to work full-time for up to two years for a school district if they have a shortage of certified teachers. And I've seen this happen in my own district. One year, both middle school gifted teachers retired at the same time. They could not find a replacement. So one of the teachers was receiving her retirement, but she also got paid that year at a higher rate than a sub. So it was a difficult position to fill. I kind of understand where they're coming from. This would allow employees to work full-time for up to four years, and the bill would also allow teachers to earn up to the annual earnings limit applicable on Social Security before 65. So this would allow us to double dip because I don't pay into Social Security. I pay into my retirement. And this would allow me to build up some Social Security credits and possibly double dip with both during my retirement. House Bill 2615, it's sponsored by Jeff Coleman. He is a financial advisor for retirement income. He was mayor pro tem in Grain Valley and he was on the Grain Valley School Board. He is an NRA member. He has a bill that talks about COVID-19 masks and vaccines. This bill would prohibit school districts from requiring immunization against COVID-19 to take part in school-sponsored extracurricular activities. So schools are prohibited from requiring students to wear face masks, undergo COVID-19 diagnostic testing, or encouraging or attempting to persuade students to be immunized without parental consent. So 
I agree that we should not try to talk kids into being immunized without parent consent. I mean, that's a conversation that the parent needs to be having with their child, and I don't think the school should be in the middle of that. But I do know from my own experience that in some cases, the only way we can keep schools open is by having the students wear face masks and having the teachers wear face masks. And you're going to have to pick a side. And I think Jeff Coleman is horribly disconnected from what's going on in schools. He has no background as far as a teacher. The best he's done is served on the Grain Valley School Board. And he's one of those people who says, I don't want the kids wearing masks. The kids don't mind it. And I'll be honest with you, I've had one kid complain about it. And I said, would you rather wear the mask? and come to school or would you rather stay home? And he said, I would rather wear the mask because I love school. So if masks are going to keep us in person, then that's what we're going to have to do. House Bill 2366, it's co-sponsored by Brenda Shields and Bruce Sassman. Bruce is retired from a century-old family funeral business. He owned and operated a convenience store for 25 years. He's active in conservation and wildlife, and he has a lifetime teaching certificate that he received in 68 from Missouri State. Brenda Shields worked at Quaker Oats. She has a Missouri Alternative Teacher Certification. She has taught business education, and she has been the president and CEO of United Way, I believe, in her area, and she's also a Missouri grad. She is sponsoring, and so is Bruce, sponsoring a bill for gifted programs, and of course I back this because right now gifted is not required in the state of Missouri. Districts will create a state-approved gifted program if 3% or more of students are identified as gifted by July 1st, 2024. If If the district has more than 350 students, they will have to have a teacher certified to teach gifted. If the district has less than 350, the teacher must have at least six hours per year of PD regarding gifted, which will be paid by the school. Missouri administrators are against the bill, saying it will be unduly burdensome on small and rural school districts. So here's the thing. You've got kids sitting in class not learning anything, and bored to tears. And I don't know why we feel like sped kids need to have the opportunity to learn, but we don't feel the same about gifted. And it's just a travesty. It is so unjust. All kids need to have the opportunity to learn grow and reach their full potential. And we're not doing that for our gifted kids right now. There are a lot of districts that don't even have gifted services. We're talking about the future of our country, the future of our state, and we don't care about those kids that are sitting in class hating school because they already know what's being taught. Teachers don't come out undergrad with really any strategies or knowledge of how to reach those gifted children. We've got to do better for our kids, period. House Bill 2202. This one's by Travis Fitzwater. He's sponsoring the bill. He is involved in campus ministry. He's a member of the NRA, the Missouri Governor's Student Leadership Forum, Young Republicans, and he has a bachelor's in political science. And he's focusing on computer science classes with this bill. He defines computer science courses as any elementary, middle school, or high school class that embeds computer science content 
in other subjects. So it's going to require certain coursework and instruction in computer science in public and in charter high school that's going to be established by the State Board of Education and DESE. They've got some big people testifying. Google and Amazon and Code.org will be testifying in favor of this bill. It's meant to help Missouri be competitive with other states that have similar laws. I agree that we need to be using technology in all content areas, but we're talking about the price tag here. That's really the issue because buildings cannot afford, school districts, small and truthfully big, cannot afford the type of technology that we should be putting in our students' hands. So while I like the idea, I think Google, Amazon, and Code.org are awesome for testifying in favor of it. Where are we going to find the money for the tech? That's my question. The next bill, House Bill 1469, it's the cost of serving high-needs students, and that's going to be our special ed population. It is sponsored by Patricia Pike. She grew up on a farm. She has a bachelor's and a master's in counseling from UCM. She spent 36 years as a high school counselor. She was a computer science teacher. She did parents as teachers. She was the coordinator and dual credit coursework through community college. Also a business and farm owner. So this bill says that currently the state reimburses districts for SPED costs exceeding three times the current payment they have for students' daily attendance. So just a regular kid, average, no special needs. The SPED children are bringing in three times what the, the average kid brings in. So this says that if the district has 500 or fewer students, the district must submit the cost of serving any high-need student with an IEP to DESE. And I'm not sure where it goes from there, but I think it's a way of trying to bring down costs. House Bill 1928. It is sponsored by Brad Pollitt. He owns a cattle company. He's a teacher and an administrator for 34 years, including superintendent in Sedalia. He is a member of the NRA, has a bachelor's, master's, and specialist degree. His bill really targets certification. It allows people to obtain a certificate to teach if they are employed by a district as a way to fill hard-to-staff schools or subject areas. And I'll be honest, this one kind of ticks me off because what we're doing is we're making a shortcut for people to become teachers. And not just anybody can become a teacher. Tell me right now, think about it. When we have a sub come into the classroom, and this is, this is the type of people you're going to have showing up, whether you like it or not, the same type of people who are subbing. You know, sometimes you, you have an amazing sub, but how many times have you had someone in your classroom that's your sub for the day that doesn't follow lesson plans, doesn't know what the heck they're doing? One of my students today, fourth grader, was telling me about a sub that she had that was talking to her daughter on her cell phone in the middle of class, and the whole class could hear it. She was talking on her phone, walking down the hall. These people do not need to be teachers. And why are we just taking anybody off the street to teach our children? Why can't we pay teachers what they're worth? Why can't we do other measures to retain teachers instead of going out and finding anybody who will take the job? It's not okay. And we're not expecting enough for our children. Missouri House Bill 1956, it's sponsored by Doug Ritchie. He is a pastor and an adjunct professor. 
He had eight years in the National Guard. He has a bachelor's from UCM, three master's degrees, and a doctorate in seminary. So his bill would set up the Show Me Success Diploma Program, and it's an alternative pathway to graduation for high school students beginning at the end of the 10th grade. So I think this one's really interesting because I think both my daughter and my son would have considered doing this program. Both of my children were gifted. My daughter graduated, I believe, a semester early. And my son was always telling me that, why can't I just go to school, get my stuff done in a couple of hours and come home? This will develop detailed requirements for students to become eligible from DESE. They can stay in high school with a diploma or in in college. So as a junior, they could be enrolling in college. And 90% of what the public school would be paid if they stayed in high school would be deposited into account for the student attending post-secondary, so attending college. They would have the money that the public school would have been receiving if they stayed in public school. I always hate it when they take money away from public schools because I feel like we don't have the money to run as it is, but at the same time, we've got students bored to tears in high school. We've got kids who are ready for college and they're just buying time in high school. So this one has me on the fence. I'm not sure how I feel about it, except to say that I think both my kids would have considered it. This will also establish the competency-based education grant. And this is for eligible school districts to provide competency-based education programs that include flexibility to earn credit when you demonstrate mastery. So the students would have individual learning and assessment options, and they would assess student proficiency, and then DESE would have to facilitate, create, and share it with the districts. So I think this, we've got to start looking at education in other ways, and I think this is an interesting way of allowing students to work at their own pace, but maybe if they're a fast learner, if they show a lot of effort, they can move on to college sooner. Missouri Bill 2008 is sponsored by Adam, I'm going to try his last name, Schwadron. He is an owner-operator of Clean Carpet Company. He was an Eagle Scout. He is a member of the NRA. He has a bachelor's in political science from UMSL. His bill requires all districts to post learning materials and educational activities that will be used for instruction on the school's website. Bibliographic information for textbooks, the full text or a copy of the learning material created by any teacher employed by the school board and an internet link to any curriculum adopted by the school board. And this has to be updated twice a year. So first of all, this person just does not know what it's like in the trenches. Adam, I'm talking to you. You do not know what teachers are going through right now. Teachers get their material anywhere they can if it serves the need of their students. And I've bought things off of Teachers Pay Teachers, and you can't repost that on the district website because that's copyright infringement. And if I work on something on my own time at home, easily, easily, I've spent at least six hours on units that I've created. And if I'm not creating it on school district time, why do you get my materials to share with everyone else in the whole state? 
or actually in the whole country because I'm sure that would be opened up to where anybody could look at it. That's that's not honoring a teacher's effort. That's not honoring copyright. And I just feel like this is a ridiculous bill. Sadly, something like it has already passed in Indiana. And I think states that are trying to have teachers put all of their curriculum on a website is hugely misguided. We have to adjust our teaching depending on where the students are at. And we're already seeing huge issues with pacing guides because of students not being where we expect them to be. There's there's gaps in their learning depending on what days they were at school and what weeks they missed. So I just feel like this representative is extremely out of touch with what teachers are going through. He needs to visit his local school and talk to teachers to get a better idea of how we can support teachers who are hunting for curriculum anywhere they can find it. I really do feel like this is a way of trying to have parents have the last say over curriculum and parents don't have the training or the experience that a classroom teacher has. There, I could easily see a classroom teacher like myself who has 29 years of experience. I have SPED certification. I have gifted certification. I'm teaching a Supreme Court unit right now. And I could see a parent saying, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't want my kid learning about these, these segregation cases. That's not something I want my child to learn about. But it's a part of our history, and it's important to learn from the past. Moving on, that's my soapbox for that particular bill. Senate Bill 1098, it's sponsored by Eric Burleson, and he is a he is very, very proud of being a conservative. It is all over his website. He has a bachelor's in philosophy and a master's in business administration. He is an investment advisor. He's a tax planner. He's a retirement designer, and he is a process architect at Cerner. So quite a few different types of things. His bill allows school boards to have differentiated placement of teachers on the salary schedule. So hard to staff subjects in schools would not allow placement of any teacher on a schedule that would result in a lower salary. But they could place them in a different column or a different line and they could be making more money just because they're in a hard to fill school. I don't know how I feel about that because I like knowing that teachers are paid based on experience and education. And I feel like that really evens the playing field for all teachers. And I, I don't want to see, you know, people who are a coach at a difficult school getting paid more than I am with all my schooling behind me. It's an investment. It's an investment in who I am as a teacher and how I handle my subjects, my classroom. And I don't think it equals out. So I don't, I don't feel like I'm in favor of this. Yes, we've got to do something for those hard to staff subjects and schools, but I don't think money is going to fix all of that. 
And I, I don't think it necessarily gets you a quality teacher. Senate Bill 835 is by Cindy O'Laughlin. She is the senator who has the trucking company. She belongs to NRA. She graduated from Mizzou. She was a bus driver. She was administration at a Christian school, local school board, pro-farm, and chair of the education committee here in Missouri. And she has a bill that says public schools can't be a member of a statewide activities association if the association prohibits a homeschool student from participating in any event or activity offered by a public school in the school district where the student resides. And I mean, if if you're going to homeschool your kid, I, I don't know that you need to be attending the sports. I feel like that's part of public education. And maybe you need to go do Pop Warner or something like that. But I think this just creates more for schools to keep track of. And I I don't know that we're focusing on important stuff. Why don't we, instead of letting them homeschoolers join teams that are with the public school district, why don't we monitor where these kids are? Why don't we have them take the Iowa Basic Skills Test, which is nationally normed, and see how well they're being educated at home? Why don't we check up on what parents are doing to support their child's academic needs instead of making sure they get on a sports team. I just, I don't think they equal out. And I I feel very strongly that we do not monitor homeschooling in our state like we should. House Bill 1998, it's by Bishop Davidson. He is one of nine kids. He's a Mizzou grad in history and classics and worked at the Intercollegiate Studies Institute, which promotes conservative thought on college campus. He's an owner and operated of Pelion Learning, which is his own private kind of tutoring one-on-one company. I didn't see it aligned with anything like Sullivan Learning or Linda Mood or anything like that. So I'm just kind of wondering where he's coming from. Like what's his background in the public school system to be coming up with this bill? This allows districts to issue a teaching permit to those without a teaching certificate, and I've already made my feelings clear on this. The district must have a policy listing the qualification, which includes a minimum of a bachelor's degree and a background check. The district cannot have more than 50%, that's 15% of their staff, issued a permit And if the person teaches four years, they can get a teaching certificate. Why don't we just get rid of all the teacher prep programs then? If I can get a degree in anything and then come teach elementary and hey, if I last four years, I've got a teaching certificate. I just don't think this is right. If we need to change teacher prep programs, let's do it. Let's make them stronger. I have a a ton of ideas for just reading and writing alone. Put me in. Let me help brainstorm ideas. I would love it. But giving someone a teaching certificate because they've been in the classroom four years, I'm not buying it. I don't think that's honoring our kids. I don't think that's honoring the profession. Let's do more for teachers who are actually doing the work. Well, that's all the bills I have on my list. I hope you feel like you've learned something about what's going on in education, not only in the state of Missouri, but maybe look into the bills that address education in your own state and see what trends are happening. I think a lot of these bills are trying to 
solve real problems that we have in education. I just think we're trying to put a band-aid on things that really need deeper solutions. And one of them is the respect and the pay of teachers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Two Teacher Podcast, and I hope you're able to join me again on our next episode. Thanks for stopping by.